What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Fan Culture. We missed y'all. We're back. You know, it's been about a few weeks now, and we got a special treat for y'all. We got all four of us on the podcast this time around. Yeah. Uh, Carl, Brandon, Sakani, tuning in from New yeah. York. Watching this Portland and Golden State game, as we so I'll be giving live updates as well. Sure. Well, we appreciate that. You know, we'll talk about the conference finals. Uh, just two great matchups coming up. We'll talk, you know, just reactions from the playoffs so far. First things first, we got to get into this NBA draft lottery, though. Been waiting for this, you know, basically the Zion sweepstakes, uh, figuring out, you know, where Zion's potentially going to land. So the results are in from the draft lottery. Um, from 14 up, we got the Celtics at 14, uh, Miami Heat at 13, Charlotte Hornets at 12, Minnesota Timberwolves at 11. The Hawks at 10, Wizards at 9, Hawks at 8 again, uh, the Bulls at 7, the Suns at 6, the Cavs at 5, but the top four, really the main topics of discussion, we got the Lakers at 4, the Knicks at 3, the Grizzlies at 2, and the winners of the Zion Sweet Stakes, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans at number 1. <laughs> so just, did y'all get to watch the lottery live or tune into it? I caught it while I was driving. I watched it. Uh, there was a live CBS link uh, that they were streaming online, so I did catch the the very ending. Yeah, so kind of you said you watched it. it. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't watch it. I used to watch it, but now I kind of just. I mean, it's not the on. draft. You can yeah. look at the results later. Yeah, but now that your team's in the lottery, you don't watch it. Nah. All right. Well, so kind of you said <laughs> you you watched it live. Like, how wild was it to? you know, see teams jumping up into the top four. It was actually, I think it's it's a nice format. It's gonna it's gonna completely change, I think, the way teams look at the draft now. You know, this lottery process, having a, what, Lakers had 1% chance to get the number one pick and the fact that they were able to jump up because uh, Minnesota got the, was it the 11th pick? Uh, yeah, Minnesota got the 11th pick. Yeah, once that happened, that's when Lakers jumped into the top four and so it was just like hold up wait what i didn't realize that that could happen because i didn't necessarily look at what can happen based on who gets uh what pick right. and so being like a casual fan watching the uh the lottery just because it's on espn and i was planning on watching this uh portland and golden state game afterwards it was nice to see that process and it draws a bit more you know attention to the uh, lottery process for the casual fan who might not you know, think that their team can have an odd, you know, would have the odds to get a number one pick watching this and like, oh, snap, you know, we don't really have a chance, but or Lakers didn't really have a chance. Grizzlies didn't really have a chance. Pelicans, I don't think anybody really saw either of those three teams being in the top uh, top five, let alone the top, uh, top four. But uh, I think it's exciting for, you know, the casual fan, like I said, to be able to hear about all right, we don't. We might not have a chance to, or we might not have the best odds to get top pick, but we can still get a good pick, and that's what what three of the top four teams were able to do, despite the fact that they hadn't had the worst records in the league. So I think that's going to change the way, um, you know, the way we look at the lottery and draft orders from here on out. It does add a little bit like more suspense and un uncertainty to like the the draft, just because. Like you said, like you were saying, like you don't really know who's gonna be like in the top percentage right. of, of that of that draft lottery, and it's always depending upon like on like the smallest of like percentages or like large percentages. Yeah, I mean, I think the the current format for the lottery 
it doesn't necessarily deter tanking because teams are going to go with their chances. Right. So, I mean, if you have a 25% chance top pick, you'll take that, you know, and, and tank to try to get in that, you know, bracket. But, but that's the thing. Now they only have 14% chance. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It used to be, used to be higher odds. But to, exactly. I like that, you know, now, okay, you may tank and yeah, you may have a chance to get in the top four pick, but a team that is barely on the brink of making the playoffs has a chance, a legitimate chance to actually sneak right. into the top four as well. So right. I do mm -hmm. like having that um, just so you can't have, you know, serial tankers like the Knicks, you know, like the... I won't say like the Bulls, because the Bulls are trying to rebuild, but they just can't right Phoenix. now. But Basically, like, like the you, Suns, you yeah. can't recreate a process like Philly did. Yeah. And it's going to be far like more that. difficult to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be super luck or super rigging by the NBA in order to do that. Does this yeah. does New Orleans winning the Zion sweepstakes after so much drama with Anthony Davis throughout the year, uh, so much discussion about small market teams keeping their big name stars does that completely eliminate rigged draft speculation or can you look at this and say after all of that anthony davis drama now you give him the number one overall pick which could possibly lead to him staying maybe he wants to play with him can you still use that argument you know i honestly didn't think about it that way but i understand where you're coming from to me the the draft would have been rigged if it went to the Knicks, especially the Lakers, because the Lakers, Lakers have such little odds. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if it went to the Lakers at 2% chance of getting the number one pick, or if it went to Cleveland, because Cle that would have been the second time Cleveland loses LeBron, and then they get Kyrie, a consensus number right. one, Zion, mm -hmm. consensus number they one. The number one overall pick three out of four years. R ridiculous yeah. so i would have felt that way about those three teams in particular the lakers and the Cavs. but i mean the grizzlies got the number two pick no one's you know looking at the grizzlies like that and they're in a you know place to get ja morant rj barrett you know did they try to tank this year or what were their season like because i i don't remember i think they they're they're rebuilding anything. they're I clearly the rebuilding. i don't know if you can really range. call it tanking because you had Mike Conley and Mark Gasol, who have been two of the most important players for that team for majority of the season. Even if you say, oh, well, Mark Gasol was traded at the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. How many point. games That's into like the season? Through you know what I'm saying? Season. Like, how many games into like the season before you move him? So, I mean, you kept your two best players for majority of the year. So, it's not like you didn't try to win, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, it things just happen. Yeah, and it's hard to win in the West anyway. They're in rebuilding mode. Right. They, obviously been trying to unload both Conley and Gasol's contracts. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say necessarily tanking, not the level of Phoenix. Phoenix has been blatantly tanking. I don't know oh, what yeah, anyone definitely. says and just letting Devin Booker rot, which is wild, but. And score <laughs> 70. So he looks better than he possibly may be. Right. Yeah. You can get 70, but it's gotta be in a loss. Well, um, let me introduce this question. Do you think with Denver making a late or a, a, a deep playoff push, and you know teams like the Hawks with their young talent. Do you think that gives teams like Memphis hope, or or how do you th how do you think other teams look at Denver, Atlanta, other up and coming teams with, with with young talent? Well, I mean, I feel like they all have the same exact idea. They all want to acquire young talent. I don't think nobody wants to be bad. It's just when you look at it and say, okay, this isn't enough. Mm -hmm. But if we play bad enough, we can add something to it. You know, mm -hmm. Denver 
didn't have to do that. They were good last year. Good enough. I mean, they were good enough last year, but then they were bad enough to where they could add somebody like Michael Porter Jr. that they can, you know, look forward to the following season. With Atlanta, they were bad. And they got Trey Young and it's kind of like, all right, we have it, but we still need a little more. So a lot of people yeah, exactly. are, are are banking on Michael Porter Jr. to be that missing link. Oh yeah, they're gonna them be over nasty. the edge. I honestly think they. I've said it before on here, but I think that's gonna be a team to watch next year. They were a team I to watch so this year, but if I think healthy. next year leave a little more. If but healthy. I agree Definitely. also with Sakani, where I don't think they're the same team. I think they have similar kind of like beginnings or rebuilding processes because Jamal Murray, what is this his third year? Yes, this was his third year. Third year so, right. I mean, was Trey Young and, and what's, what's his name? Collins? Luka? John Collins. Oh, John. John Collins. Yeah. What, what is it, what Atlanta going to look like in you know the next two and a half to three years? And I respect that a well, little Ken more. Than, more. Yeah. yeah. He needs a lead. <laughs> I, I, res- I, res- I respect <laughs> that type of building. As opposed to, well, who's the biggest star? I mean, if, granted, it's Denver, it's Atlanta. You're not really going to attract the Paul George's, LeBron James's, or whatever. But the fact that they're not even attempting, the fact that they we recognize who we are, so we're going to do it this way. I mean, Denver did bring in Paul Millsap, but you look at majority of their key players, right? They were drafted. They were younger. Yeah. Yo, uh, what's his name? Gary Harris is is turning out to be a baller have y'all see that oh, last yeah. series no, Gary, i didn't Gary, know he could hoop like that gary harris is nice but he just gets overlooked by you know the ball dominance of jamal murray exactly. you know Jokic's Jokic. playmaking and scoring and then you can't necessarily phase a dude like paul Millsap out either right. so i mean exactly but gary well, harris importance yeah but if gary harris had the touches right he could be a 20-point scorer. I think so. I mean, I he think could, efficient. Honestly, you know, well. he could eventually be like a C.J. McCollum type dude. Yeah, I don't see that. Nah? nah. Maybe, maybe not style of play, but production. I don't production. see that either. I, at the, I, at I the give, very I least. I give him that tier right below that. I don't vi- think that's bad. Okay, you think like b- right borderline 20? At the game? very least, probably yes. like a like a Steph Losha or like an Iggy. Like somebody that's going to give you a solid number. I see him being kind of like where Buddy Hill is right Buddy now. Hill. Mm-hmm. At his best. Okay. But all right, so just kind of back to the lottery, right? Yeah. With New Orleans having the number one overall pick, should they draft Zion? Should they keep AD and try to pair those? Should you know AD has already requested a trade? What do you think would be the best move for uh, New Orleans to make at this time? So who's their starting five? Um, I wouldn't even rule. I wouldn't even consider a starting five for this reason because I think that what they should do is draft Zion. Mm-hmm. Trade AD to get pieces to build around Zion. Go ahead and build yeah, around exactly. him now. I mean, don't because AD. I don't. First off, I don't really see that tandem working. What, what like what kind of team do you put around? You know that kind of that kind of build. Well, we don't even know how he's gonna play at the next level. Like we've only that's seen why him I'm play. not a big fan of building around him. What's his game? Like everybody's prefer- played with so far is kind of like. Right. If you say small. trade him to the Knicks, trade him to. Trade him to Memphis. Trade Anthony Davis. Davis. Yeah. And then you just try to, like I was telling uh, Brandon, if you're the Knicks and you want Anthony Davis, I'll take your number three overall pick plus more. I'll draft Zion Williamson, possibly draft RJ Barrett number three. Let them continue what they were doing at Duke. That way I don't just have Zion. I have Zion and another key young piece and the two of you will be my focal point and not just Zion 
and then a bunch of other people around him who mm. I feel like can complement a game that I don't know what is going to be at this time. Yeah, you don't know what Zion's style is going to be in the league, but at the same time, you can start to project or start to kind of say, oh, this is what we want you to do. This is kind of what the area that we want you to be exactly. in. Because Zion's, Zion's going to be a tweener. I mean, honestly, I'd probably put him, I'd put him at the four. I wouldn't put him at the three mm -hmm. and let him do what he does. I'm talking and then get a couple shooters, get a setup point guard, that, not necessarily an Alfred Payton, but someone, a setup man similar to the caliber of Alfred Payton, someone so, that can shoot as so well. So if you had the opportunity to trade Anthony Davis to Memphis for the number two overall pick plus more and take Ja and Zion. Davis don't want to go to Memphis. I don't, I don't care think, where you want. I own you, technically. But, yeah. I can trade you to whoever I want to. So, for the case, they could have done that already. Yeah, but yeah. that was that's why the GM got fired, because he didn't. The reason I say to mm -hmm. build to trade AD and build around Zion is because now you get to pick and choose what teams you want to trade to, what pieces you want to pick off of that team. You know, whether you want to take draft picks, whether you want to take individual players. So, let's say if for some if for some reason we thought the Lakers had the best package. I mm -hmm. want to set up man like Lonzo. I'm looking for, you know, shooters or all around players like Josh Hart, like Kyle Kuzma. Now I get to actually pick those pieces as opposed to feeling like I have to take them because those are the only valuable assets that you have. But so I the, could say I don't want Brandon Ingram. I mean, at the end of the day, you could have did that. And the fact that they got the number one overall pick, you would be in the same exact position. You would have had, you know, about 30, 35 games with those players to get a good feel for them. And then you could have had Brandon Ingram and possibly even flipped him for something and then still got the number one overall pick for Zion. So that's something that could have already happened. Mm. Now you're looking at more. So, you, have, you have way more options now that you have the main asset that people were going to use for Anthony Davis. Knicks, we get number one overall pick. We're signing Kyrie. We're signing KD. And then we're trading that for Anthony Davis. Yeah. Phoenix, if we get the or whoever else, uh, whatever other team, we get them one overall pick. We're trading it for Anthony Davis. Well, I have that now, so, so now I I kind of I I own the chessboard. Yeah. So, so in the grand scheme of things, do you think? Because I know you mentioned it earlier, but do you think that they should trade Anthony Davis, keep him, or trade for another high lottery pick? You know, to get a guy like R.J. Barrett or John Morant, whoever you want to build with Zion. My ideal situation would be keep Anthony Davis because I think Anthony Davis is going to be a better NBA basketball player than Zion Williamson. But you've already expressed that you don't want to be here. And I'm not one of those people that feel like you should just hold on to players. If I haven't done right by you or if you feel like this relationship isn't working, I'll let you go. I'll take what I can get and I'll try to build with something else. Mm -hmm. But I just don't believe that building around Zion is the best decision mm -hmm. for any franchise to make. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of who is going to want him most out of like all the other teams. Like who's Lakers. Like yeah, no, who's going to want Zion the most? Who's Knicks. Gonna, you think the Knicks? Knicks are going to want him more. Who's they the Knicks going to put up for, for him? Anything and everything. They'll give up that number four pick. They'll I'll take up. Dennis Smith Jr. So you think, so you think they're going to be done with Knox? Knox is If still you a get KD, I like you don't need Knox because he's just going to be a role player anyways. I feel like Knox. I'll take Knox. I'll I take three. Mm, I'll take something else. This might be a reach, but like I feel like Knox is going to be like Jason Tatum, but like more above the rim. I could see that. I could see him building, building into that because, I mean, he can shoot. His nice ball size. handling needs a little bit of improvement. Yeah, he's got nice size. He's about 6'9 yeah. right now. Yeah. 
probably gonna grow another inch before it's all said and done. Probably be like PG, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna shoot that nice. Yeah. Like I said, but he shot a pretty decent at Kentucky. Right. But I mean, if I'm, especially with the Pelicans now having David Griffin, so if they were in a situation to trade that number one pick, knowing how desperate a team like New York is, you could you, fleece. You could fleece him. You really could fleece him. I could say I want Knox. I want that fourth pick. I want your next pick next year unprotected. Mm-hmm. You know, I want Dennis Smith Jr. Damn. and take a bad contract from the Pelicans. Yeah, over to New York. Oh yeah, take. Uh, if, or if you not, think they're time. dumb. You think they're dumb enough to do that? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. why, they're desperate. Desperate why, franchise. Why do I feel like that? Because it's already been. But stated. are both franchises not desperate? No, I don't know if the Pelicans why? are necessarily. But desperate. why aren't they? They pretend like, like they're they not. I think desperate. they are. Exactly. They're just as they desperate are. as the Knicks are. I don't think the Knicks are just desperate because the Knicks no, have a chance to get Kyrie. They're desperate and KD. because they're not winning. So you put Anthony Davis exactly. in the middle of that, you're desperate to fill out that three, and bring New York to a place that you haven't been in 50, 60 years. With the Pelicans, right. they don't have a history or a reputation to live up to we had a top five arguably top three in terms of just overall talent basketball player in the nba and for the seven years that he's been here we only made the playoffs twice my question is this how do they know zion is that player though that's why i wouldn't build around like i don't people are banking a lot on zion because he could dunk like I don't know. Like he, he I mean, is, he's athletic. As he's hell. very athletic. I mean, but like, where does that like? But, but I mean, you, I don't know. You have the to, same thing. I don't see you the can vision. Say the same thing for you could say the same thing for like LeBron when he was coming out. Like right. you, you, you had, had no vision, idea. But you saw LeBron like make. I should nah. He had a vision and a handle. Yeah. That you don't see with Zion. But with Zion, okay, but you see freak ass, freakish athletic with weight. Maybe I don't see the vision. LeBron obviously got to play a little more freely. He was we saw him in high school. What high school, you know, sophisticated systems do you really see where, you know, your talents aren't really on display like that? And who was Zion, Zion playing Duke. in high school? <laughs> yeah, but I mean Zion played at Duke. And honestly, he didn't really have the ball in his hands. So we don't really nah. know what all he's capable of. We got to see RJ Barrett. So if I'm a if I'm a draft Dude. expert, I'm a scout. I've seen people, all of RJ for the most part right now. Overlooking RJ Barrett. Is Cam Reddish in the draft too? Well, Definitely. not 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 to say that he's shown anything bad, but I mean, I pretty much know, I know for a fact what he is right now Do because you, I've seen it night after night after night. Zion, there's there still may be more to unpack. Like you said, there is the unknown, but everything in the draft is unknown. With how hyped he was, with how talented he's supposed to be. Don't you think we would have seen everything that he was capable of doing, playing with a Coach K? You think Coach K would have held him back if he actually could have given more? Yes. Dean it, Smith did the same thing with Michael Jordan. Yes. Well, I'm just saying. So, no, well, I'm, I'm asking because you just said we saw everything from RJ Coming Bear. from a, a if, person if, who used to play basketball, absolutely. So why yeah. would he expose all of R.J. Barrett's talents and not Zion's, especially when R.J. Barrett, when you signed them, R.J. Barrett was projected as a better player. I don't right. think I don't think he. It's it's not a thing of holding R.J. Barrett back. He was he was making more, I feel like sound basketball moves. Like and you don't want, he you know okay you know what it probably was Zion probably didn't prove that he was that good of a ball handler. Maybe if, he's not. 
okay but i mean you can develop a handle you don't need sometimes a, yeah sometimes but i mean probably that's why we didn't see him handle the ball he didn't get clearance to handle the ball like that because he wasn't and also he it, do it also it might have been better to have somebody else bring the ball up i mean that's not his strength it doesn't mean he can't do or can't develop at it or and maybe so it was better for the system for him to be exactly it was better for him to not be bringing the ball up quarter you know be handling the ball because it might have you know disrupted the offensive flow so Pace. i'm sure whatever team gets him point. what's up i think but what, the thing is point. if somebody can do something is, whatever, you let them do it exactly i feel like whatever system he's in they're going to utilize his strengths and help him develop into this like the star that everybody's projecting that he very well should be based on the talent that we have seen thus far which isn't a lot but if we're if we're base, basing this off of the little that we have seen chances are your ceiling can and should improve i wouldn't be completely shocked honestly i would feel bad for him but i wouldn't be completely shocked if zion williamson turned out to be like the tim tebow of basketball I mean, you you hate for like stories to come out like that. Yeah, I, I would mean, hate because I hate I I wish Tebow could have got more of a chance because right. I mean he's showing you that he can mm -hmm. win. He's right. just not a I think typical when people kind of like they they try to get on the wave when they see the wave coming. Yeah, and, and like I mean I couldn't turn like the commercial went from Zion Williamson to like something else back to Zion Williamson, and it's like you act like people act like there's nobody else in the draft. Except Zion Williamson, and if he you know. doesn't turn out to only be the one best person, draft. if he doesn't live up to the hype, which he probably won't, of somebody, somebody has always had certain expectations. Someone thinks he's going to be the next LeBron. Yeah. I don't, I don't even see that. It's in him, very, but. very hard to live up to other people's expectations. To some degree, LeBron hasn't even lived up to expectations. And honestly, we just need. I think we as NBA fans should all just hope that he, he ends hasn't? up in the best no, to, situation. To a degree, no. None of those are self-imposed. They all yeah, come from other I'm, people. Yeah, from, uh, yeah, I mean, other people's expectations. Because, okay, like... <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I, I mean, when LeBron is getting drafted, he doesn't stand in front of a podium and say, well, I project myself to be blah, blah, blah. It's you look at him and scouts and analysts and Stephen A and Skip and blah, blah, and they, and they say who you're supposed to be based on their one. interpretation. People that have him. never met LeBron James hate him for the very fact that his last name isn't Jordan. What? They wish he was Le <laughs> the, the only reason they hate him is because he's not Michael Jordan. They compare him to Jordan constantly. But they don't hate him because he's not Jordan. He's not, yeah. I think if anything, people dislike the fact that he's compared to he's, Jordan by other exactly. people. He's exactly. made to be That's a little better than like what him. he really is. Yeah. When you when you're within but everybody is pretty much. Yeah, when you're within range of someone who's deemed untouchable, they hate that because it's yeah. like, well, nah, Jordan did the X, Y, and Z. LeBron, he ain't even do that. Like. So they, you know, they they love to push him down to keep that separation. My cousin I mean, I hated LeBron Kobe, just because people said he was better than Kobe. Kobe was, was a, a little more embraced. Fan. Nah, but th this is the thing though. You know those memes? They'd be like, <laughs> nobody at all, or like, yeah, yeah. And then he's, LeBron, he's not Mike. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> bro, nobody even, nobody even. But say people that. do say I, that. I, I honestly feel like we're at the point where. Be real triggered. Why can't we get to the point where people where we're like, well. 
Zion ain't Braun. You know what I mean? Just l- let LeBron be his own category now. Just like yeah. Kobe is basically his own category. Exactly. Jordan's his own category. Basically. Shaq is his own category. Yeah, but yeah. you just like, named three retired players. Well, yeah, but I'm I saying like he's... Be, when he when he done, I think it might. Can happen. we be real though? LeBron's semi retired. No, mm-hmm. because you got three years left, and people still talking about what you're gonna do with these last. But three. can you imagine? Not, and then people, and then I've also heard that these three years are not supposed to be his last. Yeah, he still want to play with his son. Yeah, I don't know. I could I could see him signing like another one or two year yeah, deal. Yeah, two at the most. This. At the most. But but what if he what if he ends up like. What if we don't see like this just major decline the same way Tom Brady has done? Like we just we still haven't seen that drop off. What if that's the case? There's a at cliff. The end of there's his... a cliff for everyone. I don't know. I don't know when that. I don't know when that cliff is. That cliff exactly. is. It might be later than others. Yeah. I think if he sees that in the off season, he'll retire. I don't think LeBron will go through a season averaging nineteen. Five and why not? Eight. Why not? You don't, I don't think he average a triple double? <laughs> I think at no. that point he would LeBron, average a triple double. LeBron can no, average twenty-two points and like still and be like on the decline. I feel like he could, but I don't think he would want to play that. I don't see why not. You think he I wants mean, to be? I don't see the, why not. He, he wants to be in the argument of being the greatest at all times. Yes, and if that, I think LeBron wants to be. At his best, every Bruh. single time, and a LeBron James. When it's all said 20 and done, twenty-two. That's not his best. When it's dude. all said it's, and it's done, kind of done for you, bro. He might not have the rings, but his stats are gonna be stupid. Yeah, I mean, so are Wilts. I'm just saying. Yeah, I just zoned it. Out. <laughs> I mean, so are Wilts. I mean, I, have, I, I, I don't know, but okay. So, are we done with the draft? Who is the, se- the second, third, and f- the fourth right. is the Lakers, but who's the second, who's so, the third? The Grizzlies Memphis, were second, and Memphis and was, the and the Knicks were third. Okay. If you're Memphis, who should are you, you keeping Mike Conley? Because John Moran is basically consensus number two. Do you keep Mike Conley and let him kind of develop Ja for a year, or do you just scrap it and, all right, we going with you? You know, That's a good I question. Don't, I don't know how or high they- Or should they go with RJ? That's what I was just going to say. I don't know how high they are yeah. on RJ. They might just go with RJ. I think with because Conley's a hard contract to get off of. Yeah, I think if you can get up. rid of it, if you can do if it, if you can get rid of it, you do for long term flexibility. Where I, where is no, Mike Conley going to go? I mean, who needs a point guard? Trade him to Orlando. They made it to Phoenix. the playoffs this year, or trade him to Phoenix. You have cap space. Who Phoenix else are you paying? Cap space. Mm-hmm. That way, you still get your point mm-hmm. guard that you're looking for, and he's Phoenix a veteran, not do that. and he's I, a defensive guy that you don't have. I just don't think Phoenix would pick up that contract or him. There's better point guards who they can He's can't got what? 2 years left on his deal? I mean, when you yeah, say there are like better, 80 million. When you say that are be- there are better point guards. Who else? Because Kimball Walker isn't going to sign there and who else is available in a trade? I think Mike Conley might be their best option right now because you fell so far in the draft. A mm-hmm. quick side note. Do you remember when um Phoenix had three point guards and now they have none? Yes, you had Isaiah wow. Thomas, you had Eric Bledsoe, and you had Gordon Dragic. And you let so go wild. of arguably the two best. Didn't they have Brandon Knight, too? Yes. Yeah. But he wasn't there at the he same time. He came later. Oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, now here they are. They and now point guard, he's, which is he three. still with? Point card list. He went to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Oh, Brandon Knight just has a sad story. I mean, he was inefficient. I mean, he he really had does. too many turnovers, yeah. and he couldn't defend. So it was just like you had no place in. Or he league. was hurt, and he was hurt yeah. a lot. You really, he had one decent year in Milwaukee, but even then, still inefficient, still no defense, still high turnovers. But you're scoring well, and the team was winning, so it looked good. But yeah, 
So if you're Memphis, who you taking, RJ or Ja? I'm taking Ja. I just think he's better. I think if you can get off that Conley contract, I'd say Ja. Ja. So Connie, what do you think? Uh, probably Ja. Ja. Yeah. All right. So that leaves the Knicks with RJ Barrett to fill out Kyrie and KD. But that's. I feel like that's just such that's a, weird a weird fit, though. Yeah. It's why? such a weird fit. Such a or do you, weird fit. Okay. Assuming why? Kevin Knox but is still there, too. Or is somebody Kevin... coming off the bench? Unless you put KD at the four, you don't have KP anymore. Yeah. Who says KD's going to the Knicks? Hey, who said he's not? <laughs> Every, pretty much everybody. Everybody. What if the Knicks go with Ja and they don't pick up Kyrie? They decide, all right, we don't want to get Kyrie. We feel like we're going to be able to get John Morant. Do you think that... I don't see the Knicks doing that. But are Katie and Kyrie, are they... They already have Dennis Smith, though. And? No, you can move off of him. You got, you know, I, I think that's easy, fairly easy to do. And Neil Kina, that's, I'm saying, he's honestly, a bench player. At this point, I'm taking John Morant. And Kyrie Irving over Dennis Smith Jr. I still like Dennis Smith Jr., right. but I'm taking other two. I'm but taking I'm, a potential of Ja and what I've seen from Kyrie. And but I'm, I'm just wondering though because so the, why pick up Dennis then? I mean that was a, a trade. That was part KP, of the trade. Like, yeah. just, all right, but with and they got DeAndre Jordan and they got DeAndre Jordan. That, right? Well, not one year deal. Yeah, yeah. but I would or last year of his. Deal. I would bring him back. I would too. I would. Was too. it the last year of his deal? That was his first year there. He only signed one year. But um, yeah, I mean, well, he was oh, with. Oh, uh, I thought he signed yeah. a multi-year. No, he signed. He only signed one year with Dallas. Yeah. But I mean, like the media is portraying that Kyrie and KD are a package deal. That's, and that's already why they're going to New York. So yeah. if you say, "Hey, I'm gonna get Jaw," does that mean that you miss out on both of them? No. And now you just build around Jaw, or, or you could take Jaw and Kyrie and just have them play one and two. But I don't think Kyrie would or, be good with that. Mm-mm. Or, or you trade up. I don't think that they have number that. one. They don't have the assets to keep trading. Soon they're gonna be trading away Madison Square Garden. All right. Well, can, <laughs> you, can you throw owners? Can you throw <laughs> owners in a trade? If you, oh throw, if you can throw owners in a trade, you can throw. Mean, but can't you throw coaches? You can throw coaches. I know about a. I know a coach. Yeah. I don't know about a GM. I know because Doc got traded. Yeah, but there's a rule where you can't trade. <laughs> he did get traded. They gave up. They gave up. Dra- they gave up yeah. a draft. Pick but you for can't him. trade coaches and players. That's why Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett didn't go with him. Mm-hmm. And who's the Knicks coach? David Fisdale. Okay, does New Orleans? You really want him? They, I, think, hey, I think they that couldn't hurt him. They might. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt him. I, I don't think, think it's nobody. That's right it's nobody you would trade for. Yeah. If it's yeah, Popovich, then I feel like right. they'll yeah. be cool anywhere for the most part, as long as he got a decent team. Take that for data. <laughs> <laughs> but Classic. so, what if this is what I was about to say? What if uh, the uh, the Knicks give up their number three pick and figure out some multi-package deal where they, they're able to get Davis as well? Well, that's why I was saying. I think that would be ideal. I think that's what New Orleans may want to do. I send you that. I take your what is that three? three. I take your three yeah. overall take plus whatever. Three. So they and then have I would have Zion and another young piece from the same draft class. That way, you don't feel like oh, you're more important than blah blah blah. It's like no, nah, y'all are my one two, mm-hmm. my one A one B. Whoever's one A, whoever's one B, we'll figure that out while y'all are playing. And then lure Coach K out next year. That'll never happen. <laughs> I know. Bro. Nah, don't do that. 
LeBron couldn't even get him to come out of college. All right, but what do y'all think happens with this Lakers pick now? Do you think they keep the pick and I draft whoever's there, or well, they trade it? They're gonna try to trade. They're gonna try to use it as trade bait for sure. For me, yeah. it, it makes no sense to bring in another young piece, young player that you just gonna have to. So how do you fit with LeBron? Yeah, mm-hmm. LeBron doesn't like to play with young I don't players. Know. Yeah, I, w- I would just trade him now. I mean, number four, number four overall pick in any other draft doesn't look too bad to move. But what type of player can you get with it in this draft? Can't it kind of depends. It DeAndre Hunter. It depends who's on the floor. I mean, that's that's another part. If you feel like, all right, you do need a shooter, you can do that. But you really gonna waste the number four overall pick on just somebody who you just want shooting? I mean, it's it's hard to get a read on it because I still don't know what the Lakers want to do with their roster. Like, Could what's it be your better? long-term or not? You're not even your long-term. What's your, your three-year? Yeah. What's yeah, your three-year plan? plan? Like, could it be better to draft somebody you know somebody needs or wants and then trade? You could if they do some intel and say, hey, you know. Atlanta Hawks. I know you wanted, you know, Cam Reddish, but he's not going to be there at eight. So I'll draft him at four. But then you give who? me this, this, and this. Can no, Bays more? Like, what do you? Well, get no, I'm just, I'm just saying. That was, I, I that was hypothetical. I just use an example because I couldn't think of any other teams <laughs> right. that were in the seven. Yeah, that's so I'm thinking. Yeah, like, but, what do you? That that's a tough position. And somebody made a good point. They said they honestly feel like. Magic just saw it just wasn't a great situation. That might be why he left. When you got the number one pick or when you got the number 22 pick, with 22, there's no expectation. So you can pretty much just take whoever's on the board. Yeah. It's 22 overall pick. It's kind of like a waste, whatever. We got the number one overall pick, number two overall pick. Hit. It's decided on. Like, you know, like with Lonzo Ball, it was kind of like a no-brainer to a degree. You look back on it, but at that time, who wouldn't have taken him number two? With number four, number five, number six, number seven, I don't know. You really got to do your job. You really yeah. got to scout. You really have to decipher and pay attention and right. talent scout. Nah, but with the Lakers, you just show up. That's nah, their problem. Man. That's that's their new problem. No, that's that been their all. problem. Well, they used to actually put in hard work. Magic needed to realize, just like how he was when he was a player. You know, yeah, you show up, you're Magic Johnson, but you don't just walk up and down the court and just throw the ball wherever. Like. Magic put in work. Kareem put in work. But that's what you I'm know, saying. Byron, well, yeah, I'm saying you now put in, in his position with those players. Now in this position, he don't put. He thought he could just still live off of his name, but didn't realize just like as a player, I need to put in this work to be a championship, to be you a, cha- a championship you he, president. But that's, it's you don't think easier. he put in the work? Not not of what's not of what's needed in that position. But that's because he was expected to practically run that franchise, it, and he didn't. It's, it's a little easier to put in that work. When you see you got Kareem, who's been the best basketball player on the planet since he was in high school. And then the following year, you get a James Worthy who just won a national championship. Like, when you look at that talent, that like you don't have to develop anything. You don't really have to you well, know, interpret and create. Now you got to do that. Does that say more about Kareem versus LeBron? Because we had the same kind of setup. Well, I mean, not the same setup, but we had, like, younger guys playing with the best player, arguably the best player in the world, and they struggled. What we I don't no, think we they didn't. not struggled. They're <laughs> they they're developing. They they're developing. Magic's first year. Anyways, anyways, no, I'm no, not. He's I'm, not about these I'm talking about this now. year. No, I'm not talking oh, about Magic's okay, team. But I'm saying <laughs> what I'm getting at is how we Turn even still figured out like uh, like what the Lakers' real issue is, like where where it actually stems from. This year, their biggest issue were injuries 
fact. Like the biggest okay. issue were injuries. Second biggest issue was trade rumors. Third biggest issue was shooters. Mm. Okay. And I feel like in that order. So if I'm the Lakers right now, who do I, I need to add to my team? Do I need a big man? We we don't even it need to talk about like on specifics. What you want. Like if you're trying to compete for a championship this year. I mean, I'm and I'm gonna disagree with you on one point because I think what should have gone in front of all that was team structure or team building because they went into the off season without a plan. They but, went they or they went in with the plan was to lure, you know, Paul George mm-hmm. or get Kawhi. Both of those failed. And then they just kind of went with whatever. Like Let's so see the, who they else just, we can just pick up and they put just, around. Yeah, they just didn't build yeah. a good team. But, but they the could have won with that's that what team, I'm saying. but with injuries the team and things they like that. Built. But that led to You're still number four in the West prior to how many games in? LeBron going out. How many games in? It happens. Yeah, just like Portland wasn't in the top three. There were a lot of teams that were below the Lakers, but they hit they caught their stride when it was time. So Yeah, I mean, but you also caught really a stride. It, but you also caught a stride when they're struggling. Like yeah, who the, caught their stride when they were struggling? A lot of those other teams. Like you start coming in when it's it's not like Memphis, who was high at the early part, and it's just kind of like, all right, we don't know what's going on with y'all now. With the Lakers, we yeah. know y'all y'all are doing okay. The only person I believe was even injured really early might have been Rondo. Rondo, Maybe, yeah. 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 But then when LeBron went out for those eighteen games, it just kind of got bad from but there. The thing is, though, how many how many games is LeBron worth? Not not in terms of you know now? your whole team, but I mean now putting LeBron on your roster, how many wins do you think you attempt? How many wins do you think you typically increase? Forty. I was gonna say oh, increase. Yeah, increase. Oh, how many you increase? I mean, depending on where well, you're depending on, on where team you're team at. Well, right? that's so, why I'm not just saying his eighteen games because their best five players all got hurt. Yeah, well, no, that's why I'm just saying before his injury, LeBron shows up. Everyone starts playing a little different. You know, you start playing better and seeing like, hey, we may actually be a team. But then you start to get challenged later in the season, even without injuries. I feel like they still wouldn't have been on track to be fourth in the West. I feel like even they still not, would have slid down to six or seven. But would they have made the playoffs? They would have made the playoffs. So that's why, yeah, I yeah. Call, that's why I call injuries their biggest yeah, issue. But it wouldn't would have you, been a successful season either way because they would have been out in the first round. What do you think? I don't you know. Think am so? I, am I, I think they would have been out in the first And if they slid down I to six like or they, seven, they would have been out in the first round. They could have been playing Portland. They would have lost. They would have lost. I feel like they could have beat They would have lost to Portland. They would have lost to Denver. I don't know if that's I don't, I don't know if Portland is a definite loss. Exactly. And it's not a definite loss. I'm that's not saying point. like they're going to come in and sweep them. But yeah, so Warriors Portland, is, Warriors, Portland would be Warriors is a definite series. loss. Warriors Houston is, Houston is a definite loss. Anybody else they could have beat. Denver, I think Denver would have beat them. Denver would have picked them apart. I think that, I don't think that's closed casket. I think that's possible. That's a possible win. Yeah, I just don't see anybody else as a toss-up for me other than Houston or Golden State. One more quick thing, bro. Frank Vogel used to be the head coach of the Indiana Papers. And the Orlando Orlando Magic. Magic. But I'm I'm talking more specifically the Indiana Pacers because that's when they went on that run to challenge Mm -hmm. the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. Do you think he's going to use – well, obviously he's going to use the same tactics in L.A. What do you think his main focus is going to be? Defense? It's well, a, it was a the, different league. The lineup isn't even close to being similar to what it was in uh, 
in Indiana. What you call it in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think he can necessarily approach this team the same way he did then. And just like uh, Carl just mentioned, it's not the same league. Three point shooting wasn't what it was then that it is now. And so I think he's going to have to figure out how to get. It, it really depends on what players they pick up. That I think that will determine like the way their offense is run. Honestly, I mean I think Vogel's biggest concern is going to be keeping his job because <laughs> it honestly just because it's not set up for him to be successful how do you do you how do you hire a veteran coach like a frank vogel and say hey you got to have jason kidd on your staff knowing that jason kidd was very well respected he was interviewed before you considered before you and from what I'm hearing, it sounds like it's just been tough to kind of sell that to the, it would have been tough to sell Jason Kidd's hired to the media or to sell it to, you know, the sports world in general. So Vogel was a safer pick, but and a lot of people are saying, give it like a year and a half, two years, Jason Kidd will be the coach. It's hard to look over your shoulder like that. All it's going to be interesting to see Jason Kidd interacting with Lonzo. Yeah. I want to see him interacting with be, LeBron too. Yeah. I mean, you know. But if I'm Frank Vogel, am I looking for defensive talent or looking for offensive talent? I mean, first, defense still matters. I mean, I understand everything about the three-point shooting and everything. I feel like the Lakers haven't had a solid big man in like a while. Big men aren't important enough for them to really focus on that. They're not. I think it's sad to say. Just having a rim protector, not necessarily a big man, but just someone to protect the rim, I think is more valuable than a true big man. You know what I mean? JaVale McGee. I I like JaVale. I've always liked JaVale. brought Tyson Chandler for that. Yeah. Do they get DeMarcus Cousins? Is that even an option? I don't want DeMarcus Cousins. Why should we go after DeMarcus Cousins? He can barely stay on the floor. Say that about Come a lot of people. Anthony Davis could barely stay on the floor. Y'all was, was ready to trade y'all all around. I wasn't. Hey, I'm Anthony before, Davis. Before, I'm just answering the pick. question. I feel like before Cousins' uh, first injury, it's not like he was just a liability to be injured either. No, I'm just saying. So, like now, it just seems like he can't. Yeah, two injuries and. But I mean the, Achilles, the Achilles, like Achilles, just go like that can happen to anyone. That could have happened to yeah. KD right now. Yeah, you know. That's what we all thought it was. That's what that's what it looked like, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's hard. I know Boogie's 29. I mean, do you give him like a – I don't know if he wants – I think due to his injuries, he's going to want a long-term deal. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to want a long-term deal. He's not going to want to do another one-year, two-year deal. So Would he do a one-year with the Warriors again, you think? If no. anybody? No. Two, no. I need more money. <laughs> Facts. I did that already. What did he do? Four million? Money. Yeah, four or five something million. Like something yeah. like that. I took I the, veteran minimum. Took the veteran minimum. The veteran He's like, I need that ring ring. <laughs> no, he can go but like, say a ten, say like a one year, maybe 10 mil. I don't think they can afford that. They don't have his bird rights to do that. Who are they paying? Everybody. <laughs> what you mean? Iggy's still getting like 17 a million, like Shit. 17 a year. Yeah. All right, well. Wait, is Iggy? Wait, one of those, either Sean Iggy, one of those two are uh, free agent. Which one? Even without Sean, you still over the cap. No, they for always sure, pay but which the one of them is a free agent? Tax. Um, I don't know. That's a I good don't think it's Iggy. I think I think Iggy it's Sean. More after this, I think. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap up this topic because Brandon gotta go. All right, big bro. All right. So next topic we got up. Uh, we want to talk about female head coaches in the NBA. I know, Carl, you saw Adam Silver's statement. You want to give us a little bit of insight into what he addressed? 
Well, basically what happened was about two weeks ago, I went on, I was uh, watching on YouTube, the Big Three draft. And I saw that the Big Three champions power, they won with a female head coach. And starting this season, they had a much larger draft pool. So uh, the Big Three decided to add four new teams. One of them is being coached by Lisa Leslie, which mm. made me reminisce on the fact that Becky Hammond yeah. with the San Antonio Spurs is already involved with the NBA. Uh, the Sacramento Kings, not too long ago, or a couple of years ago, they actually hired a female uh, coach and assistant. Becky Hammond actually won the summer league as the head coach of that team. And it just really made me go on Facebook and ask, or not even ask, I stated, it's about time the NBA had a female head coach. It's just a lot of bad men coaches and they just get recycled all the time. And it's just yeah. like, why not? Yes. And basically what happened was Adam Silver saw my post. So he created um, an <laughs> NBA <laughs> he created an NBA program for new refs, new coaches, and at the end of his opening statement, he he did state, you know, I don't see why we can't have female head coaches in the NBA. And when I was watching the big three draft, um, I'm sorry, you you actually know her name, Sydney. What was her name? Uh, Nancy Lieberman. Yes, I'm sorry. Nancy Lieberman was speaking to Corey Maggetti because not this past season, but the one year prior, Corey Maggetti had, uh, I believe, ruptured his Achilles, came back, won MVP, along with winning the championship with power. And she was speaking to him in front of uh, the camera at the table, and she was just expressing how no professional athlete had ever had that injury and then come back to win MVP, let alone, you know, be the best player on the championship team. And I saw the way she was able to touch him. Like, I've seen, you know, multiple coaches give speeches about their players to their players, but he cried. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just something about this woman. And I just started to think, why can't we see this in the NBA? You get all these men and this tension and this testosterone. And yes, it does lead to champions because every year somebody has to win. Why can't a female get that opportunity? And I'm really happy to see Adam Silver provide that, uh, you know, now. Because I feel like it's about time. Plus, one of my favorite sports movies of all time is Eddie. I love that movie with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. And, you know, Sunset Park is one of my favorite sports movies of all time. Another female coach, Rhea Pearl. So I honestly don't see why we can't at least test it out when it's already been tested to a degree. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely I definitely agree with all that. I think it's long overdue. As long as, I mean, essentially, as long as there's been female coaches in NCAA, there shouldn't, there's no reason why there can't or shouldn't have been at least assistant coaches who, uh, who are women in the NBA. I think we got our first uh, female assistant coach back in, what, like 2014 on Pop, on Pop staff? Yeah. WNBA All-Star. So it's going to be a Hall of Famer. Boy. There you go. So, I mean, I feel like it's long overdue. As far as names, I'm not too familiar with names unless they're uh, currently coaching at uh, NCAA level mm -hmm. uh, for any women. But I don't know who would be in consideration for, like, or who would be up to leave but it's it's long overdue it's long overdue and as carl said seeing how female coaches have had success in the big three league you know coaching former uh nba players and them working and you know adapting to her system just fine i don't think a sex or what's between your legs that has anything to do with what your back 
with what your basketball mind is. So yeah, right. I'm I'm ready for that change. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of people that are kind of on the con side of it, it's just a shallow, you know, method of thinking. You know, where it's like, oh well, how is a man gonna listen to a woman? She ain't never played against, you know, a seven foot, you know, Joel Embiid or anything like that. The same way he listened to his yeah. mama. Right. But you got you got coaches like Bill Belichick, for example, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was, you know, a professional football player or anything like that, but yet he's one of the greatest coaches no. of all time. Exactly. You don't have to be exactly. being a student of the game, yeah, there are certain experiences that you can get from being on the court, but that doesn't necessarily mean you know, you need to be a former NBA player to be an NBA coach or right. anything like that. Exactly. All right. So obviously the playoffs have been just super exciting since we last recorded. Um, let's just kind of talk about, you know, some of the series, some of the teams that are out. Obviously, Golden State advances to the Western Conference Finals after beating uh, Houston in six games. Uh, what do you guys think about that series and kind of how that unfolds? Like what's next for Houston? After game five. I felt I was a little disappointed in Houston for losing that game with Kevin Durant going out. As soon as they lost, in my mind, the first thing I thought was Golden State no longer has to win this series. If they lose to the Rockets, they have a valid excuse. Mm. This team, you know, Kevin Durant is very, very important to us. So if we lose to a healthy Rockets, which has been a lot of people, not even just uh, Rockets or Rockets fans, a lot of people have said, Chris Paul plays game six, game seven last year. Uh, You know, Golden State doesn't go to the finals. Houston most likely beats Cleveland. So with no Kevin Durant, I felt like Houston, they had their best opportunity since the James James Harden, Chris Paul era to get past the Golden State Warriors. You know, it's the best opportunity Chris Paul's had since, you know, even back Lob City. You know, so... I was looking forward to Houston stepping up to the challenge, getting past them. The fact that they lost game six at home was very, very disappointing, especially after realizing that they have no excuse at all. Last year, you looked at that series and you told yourself, Chris Paul wasn't here. That's the only reason y'all beat us. Now you look at that series and you say, their best player wasn't there. And they still beat y'all. Right. You had Chris Paul. You had James Harden. Okay, you didn't have Trevor Ariza, but that's your fault. You didn't re-sign him, but you brought in Austin Rivers. You brought in, you know, Kenneth Fareed. Eric Gordon played. Didn't play well, but that's he's on the floor. So and that's those, your problem. And those wins were actually more convincing with KD off the floor than they Ex- were with him on the floor. Exactly. Like, that's this is your fault. You have nothing to say. You literally can't say anything. Even when you talk about, oh, what the refs. I mean, what late game call really you know, won that game for the Warriors. Houston just lost. Yeah. And that sucks. I mean, Chris Paul gets another year um, on his body. Uh, James Harden, he made a he made a statement in the post-game conference. I know what we need to do this summer. I'm but curious. I ain't gonna tell it. Right. I'm, I'm curious to know what that is. I'm curious to know what he's talking about, who he's potentially talking about. I want to know what they're going to do because they had the Jimmy best Butler. opportunity in front of them. And I just want to know what they're going to do from here. Cause honestly, I don't, I don't see them having a better opportunity than that. Even if you say, okay, well, Kevin Durant may not return. They beat him without Kevin Durant. Yeah. 
So I, I don't even know if they can beat the Warriors, and we don't know what the Warriors are going to do. Right. I really don't know what they're going to look like next year either. So I, I feel I feel sorry for Houston because I like Chris Paul, but then I don't because you lost that game. Yeah. So, Connie, what are your thoughts? I feel like, yeah, Houston definitely lost that series. They should have come out on top, and I was shocked that they let the Warriors – hang around as long as I mean especially with Steph having the uh, in game six the first uh, shoot he had a uh, what you call it scoreless first half yeah right uh, I was and the fact that they were only down was was it tied at halftime or were they down two it was tied 77 to 77 if I'm not mistaken so yeah tied at halftime going and Steph is scoreless it's like it's just uh, it had me like all right this isn't good for Houston if Steph starts to heat up. Now, if he goes cold the entire night, maybe, you know, fourth quarter, they can pull away. But as long as that game stayed close, I was just like, Houston is not playing to the best of their abilities or they're just not, they're, t- they're taking the game off because they feel like, all right, Durant's not here. Or whatever whatever it was that led to them not playing as good as they should have in game six. Um, it seemed like they just weren't all there. 57. But I don't feel like they should. 57. I was going to say they scored 77 in the first half without. Yeah, seven. <laughs> I thought that I saw two I seven. It was, without, yeah, it was 57 Steph, to 57 yeah. at halftime. You, I feel like Houston, I don't know who in the West can really compete with their current team right now. With the, I mean, I feel like Denver is on its way up 100%. Whoever the Lakers managed to pick up this offseason, if they do pick up anybody, I'm sure will give them a, a chance to shoot back into that top four that they were at before uh, LeBron was injured. But I don't know who else can really compete with the squad that they had other than age. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of age really being a factor, I feel like, all right, y'all, if y'all know what y'all need to do come next season, they should be a top two seed in the West next year. With the squad that they had right now, pick up maybe one more defensive player, I feel like a Jimmy Butler ad would be wonderful. I don't know if they have the cap space for him, no, but not, I feel not like outright. he'd be a great addition to Not outright. Say it again? I said not with uh, Capella's contract. That's like $20 million a year. Then Chris Paul's like $40 million a year. Mm-hmm. And then obviously James Harden's contract. So they don't. Harden. That's yeah. part of the reason that they didn't keep Trevor Ariza was due to cap purposes. He was kind of a cap casualty as well as uh, Bob Mute. Yeah. Which really doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense because in Bob Mute, you shouldn't give him more than two million dollars. I think Capella's shown that he's not he's not worth the money. You shouldn't be paying any sort of rim protector twenty million dollars annually, no. in my opinion. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if they would have had because we talked about JaVel McGee earlier. If the Rockets had JaVel McGee and paid him three million dollars and they had that seventeen million in cap space to go fill out the rest of their roster, do you think they'd be Golden State? Depends on who they have. Well, yeah, I mean, depending on who they get. But, but let's yeah, just no, say, no, they, let's just say they keep Trevor Reza with that. They pick up, I don't know, more shooters, better shooters, if whoever they want, yeah. or another defender. I, I think just, they'd be in a better position to beat Golden State or beat I anyone. Know. I mean, it's hard to say only because a lot of it really just, I mean, the whole offense is based around James Harden. I feel like that's something that they need to they need to reanalyze. They need to find another way to get a little more ball movement. Um, you know, oh, definitely Lord. with Capella, I definitely don't agree with paying a man 20 plus million dollars that you really can't play in the playoffs. Yes, he got his minutes, but 
you're pulling him off the floor. You got P.J. Tucker running at the five because he's your rim protector, but at the same time, he's a defensive liability because of pick and roll. Right. You know, it's it's very hard, you know, to value that man's worth when the most important, you know, time of the year is playoffs. Yes, they're going to be in the playoffs. Yes, they're going to have a high seed going into the playoffs, but what are you going to do in the playoffs? Right. That's their biggest Once problem. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's nothing for them to finish second, right. uh, third, fourth. Heck, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of years ago they finished first. Yeah, was, yeah. You know, but they, they had home court advantage the um, the year that they shot last season. They missed, yeah, the one they missed 27 consecutive threes. They yeah, had so, home court advantage. Yeah, and you still lost. So you know, getting to the playoffs, being in good position, you know, you should expect that. Yeah. Even if you just have James Harden and good role players, you're good enough to get, you know, you know, to be top four. But when it comes down to beating a team like the Warriors, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I hate I hate when people say, not that I'm, you know, defending Mike D'Antoni, but people say it's D'Antoni's system. That that's, that's not, not James Dan, That's not D'Antoni's system. That ain't the way uh, right. Steve Nash played. They were pick and roll, you know, lob to Amari, dish out to Rajah Bell. Uh, right. Sean Marion was averaging slashing. 20. Yeah. So that, was and, that was, and that was literally seven seconds or less. But this is shoot with seven seconds left on the shot clock or right. less. You right. know, like that's this is this is not D'Antoni's system at all. Uh-uh. Um, I think it, had they played D'Antoni's system, they'd probably have a better chance of yeah. winning games um, because there is much more ball movement. You're actually getting people in positions to be successful as opposed to, OK, James, you do what you do. Come with a step back three. And. Also with the Rockets, this just goes to show you, I get the analytics are making the trend in the league, but points are points. You know what I mean? Like look at look at what CJ yeah. look at what CJ did against Denver. He hit like four mid-range shots that were daggers. Exactly. I understand that's like the lowest percentage shot and you know all this stuff due to the if analytics. You can but make it, shoot it. Exactly. Lamarcus Soldiers has made a career off of mid-range. Jordan made a career off of mid-range. His DeRozan, two most famous shots are mid-range free throw jumpers. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I understand three-pointers are worth more points, but a step back three from James Harden as opposed to, especially with how nifty James Harden is, if he can make these same moves and shoot a 15-footer wide open, I'd rather take that than his step back three. Especially contested. Yeah, especially and then you contested. might not be taking a natural shot because you're trying to adjust and get a foul call that you may or may not get. Right. It, I don't. I don't trust it. This is, isn't good basketball. This isn't how basketball is supposed to be played. This is like the way that they play is similar to like someone who doesn't know how to play 2K, and they just take the one best player and just ISO and you know go do whatever with him. That's what their that's what their system is. They play like that one really really good guy in a pickup game in a gym. Yeah. He just stands at the top of the key and everybody just stands there. and I know this because I've literally done this. You play with a you know somebody that's popular in that gym, you know, he's 6364, he didn't make it past high school, right. but he still can ball. He gets the ball, he dribbles at the top, he does his thing and just shoots and you just stand there like all right and you know the only reason i feel like the only reason harden doesn't get the criticism that kobe got is because most of the shots are going in or he's getting to the free throw line just higher shooting percentage than yeah. kobe but had he been you don't think he'd get any criticism not not, as not much at the as level kobe. as kobe 
in my opinion. And Kobe was a Kobe was a champion before a lot of that bad criticism, criticism came. That was when he was with some god awful teams that he started to get that criticism, which Kobe was wild. Got it. Kobe got it way worse than James Harden. Yeah, I mean James is getting James is getting criticism to me for not showing up in the biggest moments, yeah. but it's not necessarily how, just how you play all the time is a problem. Although he does get some criticism there because people don't like the way he yeah, plays. Yeah, because I feel like there is quite fouls. a bit of criticism. Yeah, based around like his style of play, the fact that you know teams can't win with the title. You know, that was a huge question when he was on his like you know thirty point a game uh, scoring streak. Whether or not you know his style of play was really going to be able to you know lead a team to a championship, and I still feel like he gets that criticism. Maybe not the hatred, but the criticism is there. No, I think I think the criticism is there, like you said, but I don't see it as much. Yeah, maybe just not Especially, like, I definitely saw more praise during that 30-point streak because they were winning, and there was no Chris Paul, and there was no Clint Capella, and they started off the season so awful. Mm -hmm. Now you go on this run, Mm -hmm. and you guys are actually winning. I saw a bit more praise, but, I mean, you definitely look at it, and there is some, well, can he do that in the playoffs? But there was far more admiration for what he was doing at the moment because the playoffs hadn't started. Yeah. And he was actually getting them back to yeah. a position to be in the playoffs, which they weren't at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. At the time. Yeah, at, just at that, that time. Yeah, so do you guys think the Rockets should, and we'll move on after this, do you guys think the Rockets should make some wholesale changes or just I, some minor tweaks? This is my thing. Wholesale changes, that's James Harden. Do you trade James Harden? I don't think they do. But I feel like that's the... That's it. Like that. That is. What are you gonna do? Trade Chris Paul? Okay, you still gonna have James Harden. It doesn't fix the way he plays. Right. You gonna trade Clint Capella? Okay. You still got James Harden to deal with. Yeah, and I mean, I think I agree with you because there's only so few wholesale changes they can make. The only thing that I think will classify as a wholesale change outside of moving Harden or moving CP3 is Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. That's really the, and that's probably the only true wholesale change that they can make. And what coach do you, what coach do you sell Chris Paul and James Harden on? Mark Jackson. I don't know if Mark Jackson is more important than James Harden. And if you bring him in and there's that clash of, that's not how we're playing. We gonna go back to the way I had the Warriors. I think he's gonna have a problem with that. It seems like he's just not, as physically fit either to where he can be in any sort of heavy ball movement system like that coming around screens. That's just not his, that's not his style anymore. He used to do it in OKC. Yeah. But. Oh yeah. He's a completely different player. Completely. He's done a, not a 180, but he's just a completely different player. Yeah. I think we should just accept the Rockets for who they are at this point, to be honest. I just don't see them being a championship team i see them being one of those you had the potential like i think they're just basically the clippers of these last few years they're the clippers of these last of these last few years like you're you're good enough we see it but it doesn't happen and they're lucky because they're one of the only teams that really gets two legitimate chances they got two Mm -hmm. you know and to be up 3-2, I understand you had no Chris Paul, but you were up 3-2. Right. So you James Harden to get you to win the MVP to get you one game, and they c- couldn't do it out of two games. This opportunity, 
best player, arguably, arguably best player in the world off the court mm-hmm. for two and what two and one quarter games. They should have won game five. No excuse. They should have won game five because Definitely. I understand Golden State says, okay, we can get back to playing how we play, but at the same time, no Kevin Durant. I mean. James Harden should have been salivating and saying, you know, I'm just going to take 20 shots for the rest of the game, you know, to go get us this game. And game six, we're going to close it out because by losing game five, by losing game five, to me, they lost the series. You know, even if they would have won game six, I didn't think they were going to win game seven. The one consistent thing I feel we've seen as far as a shortcoming is that D'Antoni can't really produce either. If there's any constant I feel like D'Antoni teams never show up in the playoffs. So I feel like if there's a, a move that needs to happen, it might be that D'Antoni should go. If there's a, because I, I don't feel like the pieces that they have are that bad to where they won't be able to compete for a championship next season. Right. I mean, I I agree with that to an extent as well because, you know, the addition of Austin Rivers was huge. Mm-hmm. And that show, you know, in the playoffs, I think that was a very good pickup for them. You know, you find a couple other players that kind of fit into that mold. Like, I was surprised they didn't pick up Mm -hmm. Nick Young. I really thought they were going to pick up Nick Young this year, you know, just to get Mm -hmm. another just knockdown shooter in there. But for some reason, they didn't, you know. I think it's kind of because they went the mellow route, and that didn't work out. And that's a whole other issue, too, because it seems like mellow was on this team like two seasons ago. But for them to simply that was scrap just last year, yeah, but to, just, that was this season. That was this wasn't season, it? yeah. That was this season. So to scratch ah. that and then say, you know what, forget that. We're gonna go this route now. Kudos to them for that. You know, to making it as far as they did. But they still, even without Melo, and even changing, you know, their system slightly, they still should have. They should have advanced. Yeah. And I think people need to recant a lot of their Carmelo Anthony criticism and blame. No Carmelo and goes and um, OKC mm-hmm. still losing the first round like you did last year. Yeah. No Carmelo with the Houston Rockets. You still lose to Golden State like you did last year. So what did I do wrong? Time out. Hey, time out right quick. What if Melo ends up in Golden State next year? <laughs> I mean, I don't really think it puts them over the head. Like I don't think it does to anything me, great for them. That means they're not going to the finals. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you disrespect that? Because the ball is going to stop in the corner. I don't want it to stop in the corner. He's only going to play 13 minutes. Like, how bad is it? Yeah. But Golden State's bench has been what's, like, propelled them. Not as much these past two seasons, but that's what's made them special. That's what's made them practically unstoppable. 13 minutes made... from one player who might average three to four shots a hey, game. It's not going to be that Sean bad. Sean Livingston can't shoot threes, and he would come in for 13 minutes, and he'd make an impact. Iggy for 18, 19, 20 minutes. Come on, Looney. Jordan Bell blocking shots. Jordan Bell don't play that much. Well, last year he did. (laughs) I'm talking about next year and this year. And honestly, he should have been playing. Maybe. That's the reason why you did. Jarepko got your minutes for a reason. Bogut got your minutes for a reason. I don't think think Melo is going to have a neck. I think Melo, if anything, he's going to do it. Nick Young did. You play a little defense. You stand in a corner. You get your shots when you get the ball. I feel bad. Exactly. I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna have a terrible, like a negative effect. I feel bad for Melo now though, because especially once you're out of the league, you know, or you don't finish the year, then executives are like, oh well, 
am I even going to get, what mail am I even going to get? You know, mm-hmm. and then they all universally yeah. don't take Do a chance you? on you. And then before you know it, you're two years out the league. Three years later, we get an official retirement announcement. And you're like, well, you retired five years ago. Basically. So I'm, I, I am kind of afraid that's going to be what happens with him. Only way he gets a job like is why? if LeBron gets him one. Yeah, he was supposed to get him a job in L.A. That trade didn't go through to create the roster space. Yeah. Mike Muscala. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. All right, so let's jump over to uh, the East. Let's talk about Milwaukee and Boston. Uh, Milwaukee powered through that series 4-1. Is that what y'all expected, or did you think it was going to go 7 I expected a more competitive series. Last year, it was seven. Prior to game two of that series, Boston had been undefeated. You know, you sweep Indiana. You win game one by 22 points in Milwaukee. So it looked like it was going to be a either a competitive series or it looked like Boston was pretty much going to do what they like did they last year, but maybe, right, like you're going to beat them again, but maybe Chris a little Paul, easier. I mean, not Chris Paul. Uh, Paul Pierce had it figured out game one. Oh, yeah. He was a genius for <laughs> one game. I, I was highly disappointed in the way the Celtics finished out those last four games. But I think, I think we all are. I think yeah. a lot of people are looking past the fact that Milwaukee has a different coach this year. Yeah, Mike Budenholzer. He's a good coach. He's and just never considered just, in that top five, top ten. Everybody keep looking at Giannis. Yeah. And, of course, Giannis has progressed, but. You get a different coach and things happen. Right. And I think they have probably the greatest batch of role players in the league. When you think about the addition of Meritage, huge. George Hill is playing more like the George Hill in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Middleton, all-star. Um Brooke Eric, Lopez, Brooke Lopez doing well. his thing. You know, Lakers could have paid him three million to stay. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe stepped up in the playoffs. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe has has done his thing. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, we didn't even really talk about because he wasn't in this series right. much. Coming back, huge. And I thought that they were going to struggle because Brogdon wasn't going to play most of this series. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, Milwaukee has a heck of a, a heck of a supporting cast that I think the casual fan just may not really respect. Mm-hmm. But they got players. I mean, I, Ilya Silva too. I forgot about yeah. Ilya Silva. I mean, coming into the coming into the playoffs, I definitely said that I didn't really trust Milwaukee yeah. because of their role players. That's why I had Toronto coming out of the East because I looked at the other players, the Abakas, the Gasols, the Lowrys, the Van Vleets, mm-hmm. Anubi, um, Siakam. I just trust right. those guys a little bit more. But no, Milwaukee has definitely shown me, or at least for those last four games, they showed me something. Yeah, and I was impressed. Yeah, no, no, they they've done their thing. Uh, what was your reaction, Sakani? Shocked. I was actually shocked. I didn't expect for it to be a five game series. Yeah, I definitely um, expected more. Yeah, I mean, it, it just shows that the Bucks are for real this season. Uh, sorry for the background noise, uh, but the Bucks really like. Okay, we actually do need to take them seriously, even though they did get the highest seed. It's like, damn, we didn't expect this. So, I think it was more so. What we saw from the Celtics all season, though, just this, who is this team? We can't figure them out. And that was what the season culminated. I mean, that, uh, that series culminated into, like, what's, what Celtics team is this? Like, who are, who are they? What's their identity? And 
we couldn't really figure it out the whole series. Meanwhile, you know, the Bucks showed up the way that they had all season and Giannis, Giannis. And yeah, I mean, it was just the identity of each of those teams came, came out that series. It wasn't what I expected, but also it was something that wasn't a huge shock. Like I was shocked but at the same time. It was like, well, this is who the Celtics were, and I didn't know what team was going to show up, so this makes sense, but also y'all are better than this. Yeah. I mean, I think that, and for me, I'm going to shift the focus towards Boston because I think we looked mm-hmm. at Boston's talent. We looked at their success from the previous season. Granted, they were bringing in Kyrie. They were bringing in Gordon Hayward. You know, you think about a team like the Warriors where the Warriors just have, you know, a lack of focus and for some reason come playoff time they can turn that switch on and just take over from there but the reason that is is because they have chemistry that team has chemistry boston had no chemistry this you know iteration of the celtics had no chemistry so you can't turn a light you can't turn a switch on that you don't have you know your team hasn't developed a switch yet they have their moments like they did in game one you know where it seems like everything's falling everyone's you know getting getting their work in putting their work in but that's why it's like flash in a pan and not an actual, I can legitimate hold, legitimately hold this momentum for a seven-game series. Yeah, Kyrie especially, he reminded me of LeBron in that series against the Celtics before he left Cleveland the first time. It just had that same vibe. Like he had mm-hmm. just mentally checked out already. Yeah, he's playing, he's shooting, but he wasn't all there. And in Boston, yeah, um, there wasn't the hunger there. Yeah, that hunger wasn't there, you know. So he wasn't really tripping off of okay, we lose this series, we get embarrassed, like okay, you know, whatever. Like it's not a, it's how not we a, gonna show up next year. Exactly, he wasn't thinking about how how we gonna show up next year. They keep on showing that uh, that Magic Johnson meme where he's like, I ain't gonna be here. Like <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's that's really how Kyrie. <laughs> that's really how it seemed. So. You know, you don't have to worry about a future with them because he ain't thinking about a future with Boston. So I just got that vibe from him. And, you know, I don't care what anyone says. Free agency, the thought of free agency was plaguing him all season. I can tell you who's definitely not not thinking about a future with Boston. Terry Rozier. Oh, oh yeah. I loved his statements on first take today. I mean, I think a lot of it uh, is predicated on Kyrie Irving's possible which is at this point i think it's a very very slim chance but his possible return but yeah. oh yeah he i think he's out of there I, mean, I just i appreciated his honesty yes because he did identify on multiple occasions a lot of players and maybe not even he didn't say a lot of players he said himself you know he referenced it but the fact that he you know legitimized it players are looking at gordon hayward like Bro, you getting thirty million dollars? You're playing all these minutes, and you don't deserve them. Right? Like you're not doing it, nothing. You're not <laughs> doing anything, and maybe that's, and maybe it's not. Hey, I hate Gordon Hayward. He's overrated, but they realize the Gordon Hayward on the court right now is not the Gordon Hayward y'all thought you were getting. No, it's not the Gordon Hayward that you signed. It's not the Gordon Hayward that started off the first three minutes of first game last year. Right? Yeah, I mean, and Terry Rozier brought up a good point. He said you got. Players on this roster that have already gotten paid. Yes. You got guys looking for the next payday. You got guys that 
just had yeah. some shine and now they're looking for that shine again yeah. in the biggest moments on the biggest stage that's a lot of egos mm-hmm. to battle right i i did feel bad for terry rogier but the person who i felt really bad for was jalen brown i felt like i mean with terry rogier saying he took the biggest hit uh, you know with uh his talent being held back i felt like Jalen Brown was right there with him. Yes, Jalen Brown is getting yeah, minutes. It's, it's just a different role. Like, what am I, a primary defender now? Like, right. He's a not three even, and D guy. You know I'm saying, and not even really that, because you might look at Marcus or uh, uh, Markeith or, Mar- or Mar- Marcus Morris. Yeah, you yeah. might look at Marcus Morris. Who, you know, I remember <laughs> it was funny. He uh, made that public statement that he and Kawhi Leonard are. Like the best people to defend LeBron, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like now you just kind of limited to that role. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's definitely more than that. Yeah. So yeah, so both he and uh, Terry Rozier took really big hits, even with Kyrie leaving, possibly. Gordon Hayward is still there, and I feel like he may need to be traded. And I think they, he really just needs. They to still got squad though. They do. But, but I mean that's like they, that's 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 I think that's what this year taught us. Yeah, squad is you got to put it together. Right, and the thing is they still they still have squad like you said. But I remember at the time, you know, when Danny Ainge was you know acquiring all these assets, all these mm-hmm. draft picks, all this draft capital. They're like, oh, this is a genius idea, da da da, and it got you here. You know, if you you know kept all your cap space, so you can bring in big name free agents, and it got you here. And if this is the end result, you know what's stockpiling assets for what? I mean, you're gonna get to the point where you're gonna have a logjam in the wing position, logjam at your point guard position. Right. Only logjam they don't have is really in their bigs. Yeah, because I mean, Al Horford and Aaron Baines. Baines and Daniel Tice. But I mean, you are gonna get in that situation at some point. So. Mm-hmm. Unless their plan really was to stockpile some of these assets and go get an Anthony Davis so that you now have a big three and put role players around them. Guys that understand that role. Don't bring in guys that you drafted high saying, I'm going to try to make you a star. Right. I want you to do this for our franchise for the next 10 years. And then go bring in a 28-year-old small forward coming off an all-star year saying, well, here, $30 million, I'm going to have you do this now. Yeah. Because now I'm looking, if I'm Jason Tatum, if I'm Jalen Brown, like... Wait a minute. So... Who am I again? Exactly. Exactly. And you drafted them both number three overall. Yes. So I just don't... It backfires. I mean, I feel like you got to have a legitimate plan. So either take those assets and go flip those assets at once and go get your star, or let those guys kind of materialize. This probably would have been the perfect time to make that move. You know, because Jason Tatum coming off of peak performance, Jalen Brown coming off of peak performance, their trade value is high. Flip them now uh, because the system that they had, you know, just the logjam that they had in those positions, it it backfired. And it hurt a lot of egos in that locker room. Because you could not trade for Anthony Davis with Kyrie Irving's contract. Yeah, that's true. Was there possibly anybody else in the league that they should have looked at? Like if they had a chance. Should they have maybe tried to get Kawhi and you have a Kyrie, a Kawhi? I mean, that 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 yeah, uh, luxury no, no. tax would have been ridiculous. Right. But a Kyrie, a Kawhi, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, and you just yeah. fill that out? Or could they may have moved at like, I know there was like the Jimmy Butler rumors mm-hmm. early on. Jimmy probably would have been a good fit next to Kyrie. 
Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. So I think they might have. I mean, every locker room argues, but I could see that going really badly. Oh, yeah. No, I could. could. You tell me you go eight for 22, and then in your post-game conference, you say. Shot 30 times. No, no, no. He went eight for 22 in his post-game conference. He said, I bet you don't see another eight for 22 game from me again. Then you go seven Seven for 22, 22. and then you say, I should have took 30 shots because I'm that great of a shooter. You getting slapped in a locker room by Jimmy Butler. Yeah. That, Who that's said real. that? Kyrie Irving Kyrie went that. eight for twenty-two. He said, "I bet you don't see another eight for twenty-two game from me again." He went seven for twenty-two, and then said, "I should have taken thirty shots because I honestly believe I'm that great of a shooter." And then, if I'm not mistaken, he went Man, six man. for twenty-one after that. It was something crazy. <laughs> was, yeah, I mean, he he had one of the worst four game four games in a you know series in a playoff series of all time one of the worst it was it was just god awful yeah that was that was that was inexcusable by a Kyrie I mean but honestly I don't like what he said I possibly I mean not even possibly I've I, I like Kyrie Irving always have but I've always felt like he was a little overhyped I never looked at Kyrie Irving like a superstar Mm-hmm. Even when people say that to this day, oh well, yeah, they had a bad season, but Kyrie, he's still he's still a superstar. Based on what, right? And I think regardless of what you think about his skills or his production, I think it's universally clear he's not a he's not a leader, or he's not a good leader. N- not yet, no. Yeah, yeah. He's, not, he's not a he's not a good leader yet. I mean, he made that perfectly clear. You know, just all of his passive aggressive statements, and you know, just kind of reluctance to you know, address the media properly and things like that. And just some of the, you know, some of those statements that you make in the playoffs, you don't tell if you go seven for 22, you, you know, go to the podium and say, Hey, you know, the whole team has to play better. And that starts with me, you know, take the accountability, say seven for 22, isn't going to cut it, you know, but that was never the case. You don't say I should have shot 30 more shots because I'm so great. Cause now, you know, Jason Tatum, who took 10 shots, is like, let me take 15 shots. I'm giving you 20. For real, that's the thing. When you say, when you take 22 shots and your response is, I should have taken eight more. Whose eight shots are you taking? Right. Who are you taking shots from? Because if you feel like you're taking four from me, when I only took six, yeah, it's not going to happen. Exactly. So, it's troubling. And I mean, I feel like I feel like Kyrie has he has to be out. There's there's no way to rectify this situation with Kyrie coming back, in my opinion. I I, I don't believe so yeah. either. Yeah, I want to talk this Portland and Denver series. That was such a good series. It was. It was. I mean, I part of me was happy to see Denver lose because they knocked out my Spurs, but that was just a heck of a series, nonetheless. Um, I was glad to see. Uh, Dame and CJ, although Dame didn't play that well this series. And he didn't. It's gonna get overlooked because, you know, they won the series. So it's, you know, Dame and Dame and CJ. They're they're a package deal. But mm-hmm. CJ has just proven his worth. I mean, he doesn't get the he, has. he doesn't get the reputation. He doesn't get the accolades that he does you know, during the regular season. You know, no all star appearances, you know, nothing like that. He really gets no love. It's it's Dame because he's trash. <laughs> because we always say that Dame's overlooked. So 
you know, it's always Dame's underrated, Dame's underrated, and we want to see him get his due. So it's like, until Dame gets his due, CJ can't get his. That's what it, it feels yeah. like. That's what it's, yeah, that's real. But CJ is that dude. If CJ didn't drop 37, they needed every single one of his points in that game seven. He drove them from beginning to end. So I like Portland's roster. Um, I like them more than I thought, especially after losing Nurkic. You know, I knew they added Cantor, but Cantor stepped up defensively, his rebounding there. I like Zach Collins off the bench. I wasn't a big fan of him at Gonzaga. I was right. like, who? They, why do they keep on talking about this dude? But in the league, he's been good. He's been really good. Yeah. You know, Miles Leonard, they have a nice little nice. rotation where yeah. you can put somebody in and you don't feel like you're really losing much. Right. With Nurkic, Cantor, Collins. And then Collins, he kind of adds something, you know, with his three-point shot. Yeah. And, and then he's, yeah, he's nasty, too. He, he, he'll get in there. He'll, I know there was a one game against Golden State where I think he drew a charge against mm-hmm. Clay, and then they were, like, jawing back and forth, and he was like, F you and all this stuff. <laughs> I know he's gotten into it with Rondo, I think. Yeah. Um, he's gotten into it with several dudes, like, in the league. He ain't trying to back yeah. down from nobody. I know, but Dame, I don't know. I feel like he may have um, – went a little too hard in the first series so so emotional yeah I, you know just taking that that matchup with russ a little too serious you know he he, he gave a lot mm-hmm. to make sure that they won you went in five so you have a little bit more of a break yeah and you know because denver went seven mm-hmm. you know so you know you could probably say you could you know maybe the start you could put a little bit of it on rust some of it on wear and tear like you just went really really hard against russ and that one and i don't care what type of i don't care how inefficient russell westbrook is guarding russell westbrook going against russell westbrook playing against him for even a game it has to be tiring because his motor right you feel like you have to match his energy exactly like his motor is so high i can imagine how tired damian lillard was but not even making excuses you know, but but I like the fact that he was able to look at CJ and say, "No, nah, you got it. Mm-hmm. You hot right now. What exactly. do I look like? Like, no, I'm not going to do that. No, you good. Like, you you are who you are for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's a difference between giving CJ McCollum that shot and giving Mo Harkless that shot. Yeah, you no, made your agreed. last four shots. I'm sorry. I'm still. I have to shoot this. But no, CJ, you. You're number two for a reason. It's not one A, one B necessarily. You know, throughout that series, it looked like it, but we know who the guy is. But CJ, you are number two and you good. So you can take mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, Sakani, what do you think about that let's, series? Let's not, la- let's not act like Mo Hargrove was involved in that series either, though. He was. He had stupid fouls throughout the series, but he a was involved. A lot of stupid fouls. So many <laughs> stupid fouls. It just, but it's levels. <laughs> yes, but it's levels. Mo Harkless is balling but when yeah, he averages course. 14. Right. We don't expect that from him. Exactly. No, yeah. I, I get you. He's not, I think he – is he starting? Or he didn't start uh, that game. He didn't start think, that. Or he, he didn't start the, second, the last uh, second game. Second half. Think, yeah, Hood and Collins started the second half. Yeah. But um, either way, I, I loved the series. I thought it was great. It was competitive. I feel like even though Dame didn't show up points-wise, he was still making his presence known on the floor. Mm-hmm. Still important. had a lot of assists. And he allowed... Say it again? He still had assists and rebounds in that game. Yeah. Like both, he, exactly. He both sure him, both uh, him and CJ. He almost had a triple-double. Yeah. 
Yeah, what, yeah he thir- almost had a triple double that last game. He was what, 13, 8, and 10, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, he still made his presence known on the floor, which was great. Uh, I, I would love, like, I want. I would love for Portland to be in the finals. That that's who I would like emotionally. I would want to be there because I love Dane. I love CJ. Portland is just one of those teams where you know how you have that team, like your third, fourth favorite team. It's like I would love to see them do good. Yeah. That's how, that's who Portland is for me. So, um, yeah, it was like emotionally good to see that happen. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I'm sup- I was I was actually surprised that they were able to go into denver and come back because they were down 17 early mm-hmm. on and i was right. like yeah so this is over and the fact that they were able to you know keep grinding cj obviously just took over the way he did in game seven and it was like all right well it seems like at this point it's cj's playoffs to be able to you know take off and show who he is as a player and dame has allowed him to do that uh, Stotts has allowed him to do that, and so they're they're gelling right now in a good way. Even though they just lost this game to uh, to Golden State by twenty two, <laughs> uh, that series they were gelling, and hopefully they're able to pick up on that again in the next couple of days. I know Golden State has some rest, but not that much for uh, you know they they've each played the same amount of games essentially. All right, so last but not least, uh, one of the series that wrapped up, we had Philly and uh, Toronto, seven-game series. The first buzzer beater in a seven-game series, so Kawhi made history. That was literally the shot heard around the world because at one point when it hit the rim the first time, it was dead silent, and you could literally hear the ball hit the rim three more times before it went in, (laughs) which is insane. Obviously, heck of a series, you know. I feel so bad for, you know, Joel Embiid. Obviously, he's a meme now with his crying and everything, but he wanted that game so badly. He wanted that series so badly, you know, going through everything he went through health-wise, you know, to make it through, and you're that close to making it to a conference finals, and, you know, that shot takes it away. I mean, you know, it's sports. Yeah. You got you got time. You got years. You may feel like this was possibly one of your best opportunities to go that far because of the additions. You bring in a Jimmy Butler, you bring in a Tobias Harris, you feel like, all right, this might be the best team that I played with, definitely the best team that he's played with so far, but he's still very young. They still got more years to grow. There's no telling what team they may have next year. Nobody expected Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris to be there for this season. Uh, You know, in regards to the shot, I watched it live. I was definitely, you know, tuned in. You know, I saw the play. I saw him drive to the right. I saw I once he got the ball, I knew exactly what he was doing. I feel like I've seen Kawhi Leonard take that fadeaway, you know, corner right three shot before. Mm-hmm. So when he got it, I knew he was driving right. He got to his spot, faded away. When it first hit, you know, he he had been shooting very very bad. For the night. And he even said, you know, a lot of his shots were short. Yeah. So when it hit that first part of the rim and I saw it go that high, it's crazy how you said, you know, you could literally hear because I got just as silent as everybody in that entire arena did. Yeah. And as soon as it bounced the second time in my mind, I said this shit. I said this shot about to go in. (laughs) And when it fell in, I I jumped up 
and I ran from one living room to the next and I started running up the stairs and I got off of work. So I was tired and I said, no, nah, I'm going to stay downstairs. And I just kept running around. <laughs> Carl got two living rooms. Hey, man, I was Ooh. so okay, tired. Carl. Bro, my sister was like, what, what, what? I said, he made it. He made it. You didn't see that? He made it. She was like, no, I didn't see it. So I rewinded it and we just started going crazy again. Mm-hmm. That was definitely one of the best game winners I've ever seen live. Yeah. Just the, the dramatics of it. I mean, Yes, you're a good shooter, but you know who nobody really looks at Kawhi Leonard like the, you know, oh you the you're the Dame, you're the Kyrie, you're the KD. Jordan, yeah, Katie, yeah. the Kobe. When it comes to game winners, nobody looks at you like that. Uh, but when he takes the shot over somebody Although, like Joel Embiid, who's that large, and you know the dramatics of it, bouncing, 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 rolling in game seven, you know, no time left on the clock. Like that was. Honestly, I'm not saying, oh, it's the best. It was just one of the best that I've seen live, definitely. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say? I don't, you're right. I don't view Kawhi in that, like, that clutch, like, last shot, last shot you taking it. But I will say this. I don't know if I have as much blind faith in another player the way I do Kawhi. Like, I trust, like, when that whole game, he didn't shoot well. But for some reason, every time he went up, I'm like, this is going in. Like, for some reason, I have that type of faith in him where I feel like he's going to get the job done. And it's not like he has tons of playoff experience for me to, like, have that type of feeling in him. I mean, yes, he has the finals MVP, but I feel like that was more so, like, for his defense. But offensively, I've never, like, been like, yeah, Kawhi is, like, he is a walking bucket. And, like, he's averaging a good 35 in his playoffs. Yeah, yeah, or in that in that series, yeah. yeah. Sorry, in that series, yeah. And so it's like the boy can score. <laughs> yeah. And so that final game, it was just like I felt like every shot that he was going to put up had the potential. Obviously, has the potential to go in, but I was just more so leaning towards like, all right, this, well, this is going in. This man has has been on fire all game, even though he wasn't on fire all game. He put up forty one shots. <laughs> Yeah. Or no, was it, uh, was it 41 yeah. shots? Yeah, 41 39 points, 39 shots, 41 shots. I think points. it was 16 for 39. With Kawhi, I feel like he has that same, you know, kind of conviction that KD has where you can tell KD's getting to his spots and he's pulling up there. Mm-hmm. With Kawhi, it's a little different mm-hmm. because he's a little herky-jerky, a little hesitant, so it's like, dude, what are you trying to do? Yeah, he's but he's getting to his spots, all, though. But he's he, getting to his yeah. spots, and... So when every mid-range shot he took, I was thinking the same thing like Sakani. Oh, that's going in. Like y'all let him get to his spot. It's a wrap. Right. So even, exactly. So even with that shot, it looked like he knew exactly where he wanted to go. But it's like, dude, you're running out of space. Like, right, right. But that's where he wanted to go. <laughs> where are you yeah, going? That was like, planned. Like yeah. and I saw that. Exactly. Like I think he just wanted to squat over by the bench like he did for some reason. But and that tube. We don't see him emotional. Yeah, that's that was scream, the coldest that part. Yell, that. But yo, that was the other thing. It was just the one yell. That was I, I expected more though. He yelled once, ah, and then like he wasn't smiling during the post game interview. Nothing. I was like, if this man isn't the living embodiment of Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan even smiled though. B. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, so I mean, even as a even as a bitter Spurs fan, you know, having Kawhi leave, I was still happy in that moment because. Mm-hmm. He did have moments in San Antonio. People forget in that uh, finals game six where Ray Allen hit the shot. Kawhi missed a key free throw. 
Yes, I remember you know? that. And mm-hmm. I feel like he's really grown from those moments. He may not tell you, but he's grown from his time in San Antonio to where he is today. So I am oh, proud yeah. of him for that, you know, and I'm happy and to see him succeed that. still. So I can't be extremely, you know, 100% bitter and be like, oh, nah, he, he, he traveled or something like that. Like, no, nah, he, he did his thing. So I got to give him his props and I'm, I am happy to see him succeed. I don't know what the future holds for him. Does he stay in Toronto? Does he go? I don't know. But um, I think the future's going to be bright for him anywhere he goes. I think he should stay. I, I think he's he found should. somewhere that he can now call home. I think they should upgrade Kyle Lowry for Kimball Walker. But I think he should Kimba. stay. Mm, that'd be that'd be real nice. Lowry, Lowry gets sent to the to the uh, Pelicans. Not Pelicans. Uh, Hornets. Phoenix Suns. Well, I mean, I feel like you would have to do a sign and trade. Yeah, because you can't really just sign yeah. Kimba. You got to do a signing trade. Yeah, no, they they would have to. They would have to. But um, of course, and so, over there. Yeah, right. saying Lowry to, to the Hornets because like it's compensation. Yeah, Lowry might leave anyway. To losing for nothing, losing uh, Kimba for nothing. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten to see probably two of the most iconic buzzer beaters in NBA playoff history. So next poll question we got for y'all. Who had the better series clinching buzzer beater? Was it Dame Lillard, you know, hitting the shot from 37 feet to eliminate the Thunder in the first round? Or was it Kawhi Leonard's bounce everywhere around the rim before it goes in series clinching buzzer beater? Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Fan Culture Pod. If you're listening from the Anchor app, uh, leave us voice messages. Um, Make sure to subscribe and favorite the app. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify all that good stuff. Just make sure to check us out on your favorite platform. All right. Well, uh, till next time, y'all peace. Peace. Sure.